The Lord wants to teach you tonight. He wants to do some teaching tonight. Um, Jesus went about, right? Teaching, preaching, and healing. So he wants to do some teaching tonight. Is that okay if he does some teaching tonight? Okay, so we're ready. Amen. And um, also, he wants to impart something to you tonight. He wants to impart understanding to you tonight. Do you receive that? Yes. Say, I receive that. I receive that. Say, God, I receive, God, I receive whatever, it is whatever it is that you want to impart to me tonight. Say, I receive it. Okay, so now, here's the thing too now. So remember, it's the message, but it's also, I'm just giving you everything that happened in what and how he wanted you to get this tonight, Sandy, okay? Amen? Because, um, bless the Lord, I know, I know that there's probably a lot of us who have heard this message before. I'll tell you what it is in a sec. But here's the thing. With the impartation of the understanding, the other thing that he said is that he really wants us to listen tonight. He wants us to listen, to listen. So this is a cool little, you know, joy thing that I like to do, right? Which he allowed me to do. The word listen and silent have the same six letters in them. Yeah, that's deep, eh? So, right? I love things like that. I look for... You know, there's a reason for everything, right? And I think that is so cool. I love words. But if you think about it, when you're listening, right, you have to be silent in order to listen. Now, I know none of you are going to actually be talking tonight, but you also have to be silent in here. So the, uh, the other little bit of instruction that he has given me for you is no taking notes until I tell you what to write down. Because the thing is, I, I have teaching, so I have, there's a lot of things that he wants to say, and I try to cut some things out, but as I went through every one of them, they're all necessary, okay? So there's, there's we're going to roll through some things, and if you're writing, you know what happens. In your mind, I'm up here talking, but you're going, what did she say? Or you're like, you're trying to finish the sentence I said before as you're writing it down and you're having this conversation in yourself trying to remember. So you're not really listening, right? Because you're speaking up here. You're talking up here, right? Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the other thing. So I'll tell you when to write, okay? You'll have everything that you need, amen? So let's get into the word. We're going to Luke 16. Okay, and I want to remind you all that it's Wednesday night. It's not Sunday, okay? Sunday, parable, the parable of the talents. There were a couple verses I left at the end that had to do with gnashing of teeth. Because it was Sunday. Okay, but it's Wednesday. Say, it's Wednesday night. Say, I'm a Wednesday nighter. Okay, so that's what that means. The parable of the unjust steward. Luke 16, 1 to 13. I, <laughs> okay. Okay. Remember this, though, everybody. Remember, God is? God is good? Yeah. All the time? Good. And what else is God? It starts with the L. Yeah. Okay. So remember, God is love. As we're going through this, right? Don't be afraid. 
God is love. Okay? There is no fear in love. Right? This is not a message of condemnation. It's not a message of, of fear. Right? It's not a fire and brimstone kind of message. Okay? God is love. The parable of the unjust steward. Say, that's not me. Okay. Some of you didn't say it, but okay. All right. It's okay. Okay, ready? Okay. I am reading from the New King James Version. That is another thing, too. If you don't have that version, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to leave that up to you, but I can't follow in another version when someone is reading out loud a particular version because I'm not listening. Tonight is really because there's teaching and impartation of understanding, right? Listening is a big deal tonight, okay? Not just hearing, but listening. There's a difference. You can hear, right? We can hear without trying. But it takes effort to listen, okay? Okay, so there was a certain rich man who had a steward. Say steward. steward. Okay, say I am a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account, everyone say give an account, give an account. of your stewardship. Okay. For you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, so he's talking to himself, thinking to himself, what shall I do? For my master is taking the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have resolved what to do. I know what to do. That when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors. That's who the, these, their houses are, is these, these people that owe the master money. And said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Okay. Then he said to another, and how much do you owe? So this is the unjust steward, right? And he said, the one who owed the money, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write 80. Okay. So you get what's happening here? Instead of now owing the master the hundred, right? Both of them owed 100. You owe, what did I say, 50 and 80, right? You owe less, okay? So that's pretty unjust, right? So the master commended the unjust steward. Everybody say, what? what? Let's keep reading. Because he had dealt shrewdly, okay? So before we go any further, in case somebody does leave, I want to make sure we understand, okay? that the master is not commending dishonesty or disloyalty or cheating or lying. That is not what is being commended. What's being commended? The shrewdness is what's being commended, okay? And we're going to come back to all of it. We're going to leave it and come back to all of this. So, for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Okay, so let me just, I just want to quickly tell you so that I don't leave you with this. So what's happening here is why did, why did he do this? So he's basically setting himself up. So the unjust steward knows he's got to give this take, he's got to give an account. And at least he, he knows he's got to give an account and he's taking it seriously. 
okay? So he knows he's not going to pass that test. He's been unjust, okay? The master found out from somebody else. Somebody told on him, and the jig is up. So he's going to be canned. He's going to be fired. He's not going to be the steward of his master's property anymore. So he now, in his shrewdness, says, I, I don't want to dig and I don't want to beg. So I got to prepare for my future. So he uses his current resources, which is the debtors, the people that owed the master money, right, to set himself up for the future, okay? And that, that's what's being commended, okay? Everyone got that? Do we understand that? Yes. Say, yes, I understand, okay? So the idea is, if I say to you, okay, Rachel, you owed 100, but you know what, scratch it off and put 50, I'm your best friend now, right? right? Yes. And if I go over here, Caitlin, you know what, you owed 100, just put it 80 and you don't have to give them the other 20. You love me. And so I'm going to all the people that owe the master money and I'm making friends. Okay, that's what it says in here, right? Make friends. I'm making friends so that down the road when I need a place to go or I need some help now, I've made all these, right, unrighteous friends who cheated along, right? They were in on it. And now I have set myself up. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's, so that's what's being commended, not the dishonesty. Oh, that was a smart idea. It's dishonest, right? But, you know, that was shrewd. That was pretty, that was pretty smart, okay? Okay, good. Are we good? Okay. Uh, he, he who is faithful, did I read this already? Uh, in what is least is faithful also in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit you? Who will commit to your trust the true riches? Amen? We'll get back to this. And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? 13, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Okay. Okay, great. So we are all stewards. Say, we are all stewards. Okay, quickly, 1 Corinthians 4.1 says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Just in case you didn't know you were a steward, now you know you are a steward and you understand this. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 4.10 says, As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards. So we all have been given a gift. We've all been given, okay, many gifts, okay, um, that we are called to steward over. So what is stewardship? Just very quickly, no one's writing this down. It's the job of supervising. So we've all been given gifts, okay? The job of supervising or taking care of something such as an organization. So it could be people. If you are a leader, then you are called to steward over those people, okay? Or it could be things, property, okay? Uh, what is it? What else is it? The careful and responsible management of something entrusted to one's care. So this is the thing. Okay. This, this message, you know, this is a weighty message in, in that there is an expectation that comes when you hear a message like this. Okay. But this is not a heavy, it's not a heavy message. This is not a message that's difficult to carry. Okay. Because remember, all of this is filtered through the truth that God is good and that God loves us, right? And he's got a great plan and all that goodness, right? Okay, so here's, and here's something else. We, perspective is everything. We talked about that last time. He's entrusted us. So that in itself is amazing, Sandy, that God 
trusts you with these people or this stuff. Right? So let that be the thing that we think about, right? That gives us a great perspective on what stewardship is, right? Okay? We, we, we don't need to think about the unjust steward. We can think about stuff like that. Okay, what else is it? Managing resources in such a way so that you increase. Okay, so increase. So we had that we're supervising or managing. We've been trusted with this. But now we're, it's also involving increase. So it's not that, okay, I have a gift. Okay, Julia. And I am, okay, the parable of the talents is perfect. What was the challenge with the third guy? What did he do with what he had? He, he did nothing. The first two increased. Okay? So that's another clue, is that we are called whatever we've been given, okay? Whatever is in our hand that the Lord has given to us, okay? We've been called not to just not waste it. I mean, it's good that we don't waste it. But we're called also to increase it, okay? So that, that's really important. And then it's a partnership, a stewardship is partnership with God. Uh, not just I belong, okay, but I participate. So it's co-creating with God in the earth according to his pattern or his word. We are co-created. God is a creator. We're created in the, we are created in the image of God. So we are a creator as well. And we co-create with him according to his pattern, okay? So we make stuff happen, okay, in the earth. All right. It's more than managing, though. It is managing, but it's more than that, as it is the consecration of oneself. Say, I understand this. Which means, consecration means to make sacred. The consecration of oneself and one's possessions to God's service, okay? So, so we are a sacred being, okay? And the things that God has entrusted us with to steward over, right, are also sacred possessions or people, okay? So when you look at things like that, this gift that, I, that God has given me, let's say it's, you know, the gift of a beautiful smile, for example, which is a gift, okay? That blesses people right? A smile at, for the just the right person at just the right time is everything. So bless the Lord. Where was I going with that? Somewhere good. Yeah. Don't waste it. What was I saying? Hallelujah. The rabbit trails are good. Yes. But it's sacred. How many of us have ever considered our smile, which is a gift as something that is consecrated to God? Okay, this is like taking us up a few notches, okay? But it's Wednesday night. Okay, okay, so this is a big one, but listen, close your eyes if you have to. Okay, thank you. I know, it's thank you so much. That is easier. And way colder. Okay, it's the, you should maybe close your eyes for this. It's the practice of systematic. That means according to a plan. And proportionate giving, this is what stewardship is, giving of time, so it's this practice of systematic and proportionate giving of time, ability, and material possessions based on the conviction 
that these are trusts from God used for his service for the benefit of the kingdom. Okay? According to his plan. All right. So the fundamental, are you ready for this? Say, I'm ready. Okay. The fundamental principle of biblical stewardship is this. Okay. God owns everything and we own nothing. Write that down. God owns everything and we own nothing. You see why it's a Wednesday night? <laughs> God owns, we are his stewards, right? He gives us these things to tend to, to supervise over, to manage, but he owns them. We don't, okay? Quickly, just so you know I'm not making this up. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you are not your own. Bam. Psalm 21.1, the, the, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. I don't know how much clearer he needs to get. Psalm 50.10 says all this wonderful thing about cattle on a thousand hill and he owns every bird and all animals of the field. And then it says, for all the world is mine and everything in it. And just in case you were thinking that you may be okay, okay with all of that, but the things that you worked hard for, well, surely at least that portion you can own. Well, there's an answer for that too. Deuteronomy 17, 18 says, so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord, your God, he is the one who gives you power to be successful. So even the things that you got because of your job, your house, your car, your clothes, your shoes, your pets, okay? Because he is the one who gave you the job and he is the one who gives you every day the breath in your lungs and the energy and the stamina to work your job, then all of the stuff that your job buys is also his. Okay. Okay. Just so we're clear. C.S. Lewis. Okay, so C.S. Lewis is the author of the Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. He said, every faculty you have, your power of thinking or moving your limbs from moment to moment is given you by God. If you devoted every moment of your whole life exclusively to his service, you could not give him anything that was not already his. Wow. I know, right? Give it up for C.S. Lewis, because that's really, that's awesome. And it's also true. Okay. So God, so God owns everything. So God owns the rights that come with ownership. God has rights. We have responsibilities. Write that down. Okay. God has rights because he has ownership. He owns it. He has the rights. We as stewards have responsibilities. We co-work or co-labor with him. Okay. Bless the Lord. That, that's an honor, right? That we get to do that. Um, but he has the rights and we have the responsibility. He has entrusted us with these resources and our responsibility is to steward them according to whose plan? His plan. Because he's the owner, he gets to decide how these resources, gifts, talents, money, etc., are used. Okay? Um, okay, here's the thing. 
He expects then to be on, see there's expectation that comes with, that's the weight of a message like this, right? So because he owns it, but say we can, I can take this. Say this is easy for me. There's grace to hear this, right? And to understand this and to receive this, okay. So he then expects to be in on every decision when it comes to using these resources that he has given us stewardship over. So he, so what does that mean? That means we don't, ju we don't just go buy any house in any place. We don't, ju we don't just go buy any car. We don't just go, you know, go shopping when we feel like it and buy any shoes, right? We don't just pick any job, even where we live, okay? He wants to, he expects to be in on, okay? Because here's the thing, because we use the money, at, right? When we go to buy a house, when we go to buy a car, right? That's, that's his money, okay? When we go to, for a job, that's his energy and breath and stamina that's going to allow us to work that, okay? So he expects to be in on every decision. Now, there are two systems operating in the earth. There is the world system, the kingdom of darkness, and there's God's system, which is the kingdom of light. And every time we make a decision, we align ourselves with one of those two systems that are operating in the earth, okay? So uh, let's say God is saying, you know, you, let's say God is saying this car, and you're like, I want that car, okay? And you go with that car, so you disobey God, or maybe you didn't even pray about it and didn't even ask God, okay? Didn't even ask God. You didn't include him in, that would make more sense with what I just said. You didn't include him in the decision at all. So you go and get your car, but you didn't include him in the decision, which he expects to be in every decision, okay? Uh, so what happens now? Because I did not include God, I have aligned myself with the world system. Because there's only two. And if we don't get God in on it, bam, we're over here. The world system, kingdom of darkness. So now because I've aligned myself in this, with this car, decision with the king the world system or the kingdom of darkness now guess what happens okay with basically anything that has to do with this car don't go you know complaining to god when you know you got a lemon it's a chain reaction and it is a direct effect of who you lined up with when you made that decision. Does that make sense? Because there's only two systems. He wants to be in on every decision, but if we don't include him, then we, by default, are lining up with the world system and we get what the world gets. Okay? Okay, good. All right. So, yes. So every time you have experienced a loss or a setback, or a failure in your life, if you trace it back as far as you can to making the original decision, you will see that you, and when you say you, I mean me too, we have aligned ourselves with the world system. 
Because if we were to align ourselves with God, do you think it would end in failure, loss, or setback? Never. Okay? And so it's pretty simple, right? Say, yeah, right. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So we, know, we even know this from the parable of the talents. He gives it away. He gives it away. So he was the one at the end who was rebuked, the third guy who hit it and did nothing with it, okay? He gives himself away because he said, I was afraid. So what does that mean? If he was afraid, he, didn't, he did not align himself with God. He couldn't have. He aligned himself with the world system, which is fear, dread, and selfishness. And what did that cause him to do? That caused him to make a stupid mistake. He buried it. He, in essence, he did nothing. That, that, was, that was the criticism. He didn't, he didn't do anything overtly wrong. Like, he didn't cheat or steal or lie. Right? Like this guy in Luke 16. He didn't do that. His, the issue with him, the criticism, was that he did nothing with what he had. Amen? Okay. Okay, good. Everybody good? Okay. So now, we know what stewardship is. Stewardship is not... What time is it? It is not, okay, but it, here's the thing. We don't want to get the wrong message. It's not, obtain, it's not abstaining from luxury. To be a good and faithful servant, to be a good steward. Okay, remember now, we're teaching and we're learning this. Does not mean, okay, that 100%, for example, of the money that you make at your job God is expecting that to go into the kingdom, okay? It does not mean that we don't ever get to buy a nice dress, right? Or we have to beat ourselves up if, you know, I bought A&W on the way here, right? Okay, because, you know, I could have eaten at home, but I went and wasted the money. It's not that, okay? Stewardship is not abstaining from luxuries. There are four things, this, write this down. Four things we do with our money. Number one, we invest in the kingdom to help advance the kingdom. Because remember, systematic and proportionate. Okay? Number two, we support our family. God expects you to support your family. He does not expect you to give all your money to the kingdom and your family doesn't have bread on the table. That's, that's silly, okay? He expects you to... In fact, Proverbs 13.22 says that a good man leaves an inheritance for not only his children, his children's children. Okay? All right. The third thing we do with our money is we use it for daily needs. Like God knows you got to buy soap and, you know, toothbrushes and food and, right, all that kind of stuff to meet your daily needs. And he's more than okay with that, okay? God is a God. He is not a wasteful God, but he's an extravagant God. So don't misunderstand this message, okay? He is an extravagant God. What does he pave the streets of heaven with? Okay? He's extravagant. He's not wasteful. Okay? 
and he doesn't want you to go without, and he doesn't want you not to enjoy. In fact, number four is, what do I do with my money? I enjoy my life. 1 Timothy 6.17, he gives us things to enjoy. John 10.10 in the New Living, my purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life, okay? The other thing stewardship is not, it's not just about money. It's about a lifestyle. It's a way of life. It's a 24-7 mentality. What do I do with the things that God has given me? Because there's three things we can do. We can waste, we can spend, or we can invest. I can waste the gifts that God has given me. I can spend them. I can waste time. I can spend time, or I can invest time. Okay. I can invest time. I can invest money into the kingdom, right? So, you know, obviously wasting time is bad, but spending time is good. If I want to chat it up with you and we're just spending some time, right? And that's, you know, God wants us to do that, right? We're spending time, but then there's investing time where I am today, right? Energy, time, talents, resources today, that I am expending, but for the purpose of sustenance for the future with my eye, right, on eternity. Where am I going? And even as we hear pastor say that he, right, when he thinks of this house, it's not just for his lifetime, but it's for, what do you say, a thousand years? Yeah, a thousand years. That's with an eye, right, on the future, okay? That's investing time. So the, the energy that he is putting into the house today is actually an investment in the future. Yes. That the future people that are here or however we're going to do church in, you know, what, a thousand years, Sandy? I don't know. We're gonna, it's going to be like the Jetsons or something, I guess. <laughs> right? However it's going to be. They are going to reap the benefits of the work that he put in today. Okay, so that's what that is. Okay, so let's go back to Luke 16. Back to Luke 16. And we're going to go to verse 2. So he called him and he said to him, uh, you have to give an account. Okay, so everyone say, I got to give an account. Okay, so we all know that we have to give an account. But remember, this is not a heavy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light, right? Here, this is the other thing that the Lord said to me, which is so funny because it's like so simple but so true. So first of all, there's, there's no fear in heaven. Okay? The other thing, he's like, if you are standing before me to give an account, guess where you are? <laughs> You're in heaven. You're in heaven. You're not going to be, there's no fear. There's no condemnation. There's no guilt. So as he's going through, you know, the timeline of your life, of everything you did and didn't do, and everything you said and didn't say, right? It's not going to be a fearful thing. It's not going to be a thing of con uh, condemnation, right? Okay, so just a little funny thing, right? You're, guess where you're going to be? You're going to be standing in front of me in heaven, and it's going to be good. So 1 Corinthians 4.2 says, It is required in students that one be found faithful. Are we, the question is, are we faithful? Can we say that we are faithful? And we know that we're all working on it. We want God to be faithful. It's a partnership. He just wants us to be faithful. Faithful with the things, right? Good and faithful servant, steward, right? 
He wants us to be faithful with the things that he gives us. Okay, Romans 14, 12 says each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, therefore we make it our aim to please God. That means to be in alignment with God, to please God, to be in alignment with God. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one, that's what I wanted to say, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Okay, but this is what I wanted to say. This is not a heaven or hell issue. It's important that you know this, that sin has already been judged, but the blood of Jesus has taken care of that. Okay, so this is all of us remember when we stand before the Lord, we're in heaven. This is not a, if I haven't been a great steward of the things that God has given to me, right? We're, it's not a heaven or hell thing. We're in heaven, okay? That sin has already been taken. Am, is that clear, everybody? Yeah, that needs to be clear. The blood has taken care of that. This is not like a, you know, it, it's not a heaven or hell thing. This is more like a, you know, if you're sleeping in the morning and I pour a bucket of water on your head, it's not going to kill you. It's just going to wake you up right? That's what this is. It's not a, a life or death thing, okay? But it's an awakening. Like, wake up. We need to just wake up, okay? We heard it, but we need to rehear. We've been taught it, but we need to be retaught, okay? And we need to do it. We need to take inventory. Like the Lord said to me, why wait till you stand before me in heaven? Like you're going to do, you will stand before me in heaven, but how about doing like quarterly <laughs> inventories? or daily for that matter how about every three months or every few weeks or every few days or whatever right where we just ask the lord how are we doing so first of all lord let's go through you know my resources let's go through my time let's go through my talents let's go through my money and literally like you would do in a meeting a board meeting you would literally go through each and everything right? One at a time. And you ask the Lord, how am I doing? And if you don't know what your talents are, ask him because everybody has them. We all have gifts. He said that even if at first you begin with, it's just a, I smile at people. Awesome. How are you doing with that? Right? And then as you, you know, as you do, you know, Here's the thing. God is so good. As you spend time with him, he starts to show you more and more and more and more and more, right? But we just got to, we just got to show up like Pastor Tina says, and we got to just put ourselves in front of him so that he can speak to us and minister to us and tell us what he thinks about us and tell us what he thinks are, what am I good at? You're so good at this. Even if I haven't seen it before, let him tell you that. We don't want to wait to heaven, right? And then he says, how did you do with this gift here? And you're like, I didn't even know I had that gift. <laughs> like what, right? We don't need to do that. So let's take a quarterly, you know, or however often, daily, hourly. Okay, so we already said in verse 8, shrewd means uh, sharp, sharp-witted, smart, intelligent, perceptive, wise, having or showing sharp powers of judgment okay and so basically what he's saying is the world is more shrewd than we are if we were to use the shrewdness the smarts all those things i said the 
showing sharp powers of judgment, the wisdom, the perception, the intelligence. If we were to, like what he did here, if we were to do for the kingdom, right? What could we do for the kingdom? If we put that, right? If we thought about it and put that effort into it and put that time into it, obviously, right? Laboring with the Lord, right? Where would the kingdom be if we all, right? Put the energy, the time, the focus. I got to come up with a plan. I got to come up with a solution, right? I got to fix this. I got I to gotta make sure that the future is better than right now. What would that do for the kingdom, right? Okay. Uh, okay, so good. We said that already, basically. Let's go to, so verse 11. Verse 11, verse 11. If you have not been faithful in the, okay, in the unrighteous mammon, riches, money. Money is the least on the scale for God. The world puts it, money, everything. But for the kingdom of heaven and the Lord, money is at the bottom. The true riches, the anointing. The presence of God. The glory of God. And so what he's saying here is, you want the anointing. You want to see the dead raised. Me too. I want to walk by people and sickness fall off them. You know, I want to walk by people and have them say, the peace. Wow, what is it about you? The peace, right? I want, so God is saying, you want that. But when's the last time you cleaned your car? Right? The least, right? <laughs> and the true riches. You want the anointing. You want the power. You want, like, like I say, the popcorn healing, right? Pop, pop, pop all over the place. People are just yelling up, screaming. They've been healed. They've been healed. They've been healed. They've been set free. Like I meditate on that stuff. And he's like, you want that. But can you even balance your checkbook? Can you go a month without overspending? Can you make sure your house is tidy? I've given you this house which is one of these, you know, least, lesser things, let's say. You've got this house. You've got this car. How are you doing at making sure that you are, you know, increasing that? Never mind not, you know, tidying up. <laughs> right? But even increasing that. How are you doing at that? You want, and God wants us to have the true riches. It's not that he doesn't want us to have it, but he's a calling our attention to this, that this is the way it works, right? He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. He who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you've not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches, the anointing, right? I say that, you know what, all the time it's like, Lord, more power. I want to see more power. I want to see your glory. And he always says, step up your love walk. Because you can't give power to someone who's not walking in love. Those are the, uh, the villains in the Superman movies. 
Lots of power, no love. Wreck the world, right? Literally, you could kill people, right? If you ramped up the power and you don't ramp up the love, that is dangerous, and he is not going to do that, okay? So this is just to all open our eyes, right? We're, we got the bucket of water splashing our face, right? Just wake us up. We know this, but we, it's good. We need to hear it, right? Right? Bill Winston says, you know, money has no value unless it's applied to a life, okay? We, so we need to see things the way God sees them. So next time, you know, not that anyone in here has an issue with tithing, for example. We know from Sunday, the Leviticus, every tithe, every tithe. It's not enough to save the tithe, because then one or two tithes can slip through the cracks. But if it's every tithe, every is every. You can't dispute every, right? Um, bless the Lord. Yeah, when we see that, money has no value unless it's applied to a life, tithing is easy. When we see money the way we should see it as children of the light, kingdom people, kingdom, right? Kingdom of heaven people. If we could see money the way God sees money, right? We'd be like, actually, I don't even want it. Right? Take it all. If I can have the anointing, take it all. Right? Okay. I see zero, so... Stewardship. Stewardship is what motivates us to move into action. Okay? It's what motivates us to move. When we know, right? Stewardship asks, what's in your hands? And what are you doing with what's in your hands? Right? And so when we know what we have, we got to know what we have. Right? And we, like I said, you might have to ask the Lord. But when we know what we have, right? Then stewardship now is motivated to put that into action and to put it into use and to spend it well and to even go farther and invest it well amen okay so bless the lord we're good jesus good mm -hmm. i am done thank you lord god we just thank you we thank you last time i was gonna sit down and i shouldn't have sat down but we're good I'm done. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Did you want to pray? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. How many? Okay. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the meditation coach. I'm the rainbow. Put your hand over your heart. Okay. Take your hand off your heart for a second. You know the joy is not trying to coerce anybody, right? That's not what this is about. If you're feeling coerced, then you need to deal with the fact that you're feeling coerced because yeah. that's not what's going on, right? But God, when we get to heaven, God is not going to punish us for the things that we did or didn't do. Yeah. Okay, you got to settle that. When we go to heaven, <clears throat> God is going to try. Every, he's going to look through every single second of our lives to see how many things he can reward us for. That's how it's going to go, okay? The stuff that we did that was no good is going to burn up on the way in. We're only going to get to the other side of that little burn-up machine with our bag of stuff that we did or didn't do in response to his ways and his instructions. So when we hear stuff like this, it's not, it's not a burden to us. 
It's an opportunity to us. No matter, how many of you can say this, no matter how good of a servant I have been, how good of a steward I have been, I could do better, right? Otherwise, God would have let you stay home or, you know, yeah. go to the Starbucks, whatever. Yeah. You don't have to be here tonight. And he'd have diverted you and said, go use your time somewhere else, get somebody yeah. saved, right? Instead, he's got us here, so no heavies. And so when we're, what we're going to pray now is we're going to step into that to say, okay, God, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm not new at this. I know you're a good God. I know the only reason that you would come and chastise me, if that's how he's, if maybe you're being chastised, maybe you don't tithe, maybe you don't give, maybe you don't, you're not faithful with stuff or your time or your life or whatever. That's okay. It's all right to be in that spot as long as when God comes, he says, okay, now I'm ready to talk. Are you ready to talk? Okay, I'm ready to talk to you. Okay, let's talk. And then I'm ready to take that step in the grace of what is presented as he brings it to us. And it's easy to step in. It's easy to make that decision to say, okay, God, it's unplugged month, lots of time on my hands. My thumb isn't anywhere near as sore as it used to be. So I'm ready. I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to see what this world is like at another level of my stewardship. You all ready? How many of you say, you know what, I wish I could go back to living for myself like before when it was all about me and I just said, how many, nobody wants that. So when you come to here, God is just saying, okay, how about here? Because here didn't look like it was going to be any fun when you lived for yourself, right? But this is so much more fun. Yes? Am I talking you into this? Am I coercing you? No? Put your hand over your heart. Say, Lord, Lord, I know you've sent this word because you're presenting to me presenting an, to opportunity an opportunity to dial it up a little in my stewardship. Because I know what you're trying to do, you're trying to create rewards, promotions that come to me because I'm a faithful steward. Those rewards, those increases, those promotions come not only in this natural world and my earthly life, but I know those rewards continue throughout all eternity. You're working a really big plan in my life. So I'm ready on your instruction to turn up the dial. I'm ready to step it up. I'm ready to increase in my understanding and my application of stewardship over my life and my things so that they can be used for a greater efficiency and a greater productivity in the kingdom of God and my place in it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God.